All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle to the highest power Are we here because we gaze at the stars, or do we gaze at the most possible here, pointless room? When the stars were right, they could plunge the world to world the sky. When the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you are playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsarewrite.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today we will be playing session 22 of The Children of Fear, written by Lynn Hardy and Friends and published by Chaosium. Who are you playing and how are you today? How? I'm playing Dr. Eudora Lockhart and I'm still giggling over the stupid jokes we were making while we were figuring out how to pronounce Tibetan place names. Brayden. Hey, Brayden here. Having a good time. Let's go. <laughs> Sofian, that's me. <laughs> We know you're Brayden, buddy. You remind us every time. <laughs> Noxicals. I am playing Timur Stepanovich Rapin, and uh, I am a little croaky in the throat today, so apologies if I'm a little dodgy. Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Hasina Moiz, and I'm excited to be on the road to Tibet. And I'm Fedra, you keeper for the day. And I, Tibet, we're going to have a good time this episode. It's oh. <laughs> How long have you been storing that pun up, Phaedra? Did you have that written in advance? <laughs> I wrote it earlier. and It took me a minute to come up with it, but uh, I did write it <laughs> right earlier. Brayden, tell us what happened last time. The party load their three bodies into wheelbarrows and make their way up the mountains towards the caves beyond the charnel grounds. Tenzin requests beeswax, milk, curds, and ghee in order to preserve and purify the components of the ritual instruments. While the investigators make their way to gather the required supplies, Sofian takes the time to chat to Tenzin about his purpose within the group and his doubts about his future enlightenment. Tenzin offers empathy for Sofian, who has been suffering many hardships in the last few months, and offers to teach him an ancient meditation technique after the success of the instrument creation ritual that evening. With the roles delegated, and with Eudora, Timur, Asina, and Shenshu helming the elements of the ritual, the fire around the ground is lit and the chant begins. The ceremony tensions rise, with Timur and Eudora successfully chanting along, while Hasina and Shen craft key components of the instruments. As the components are crafted, unexpected guests begin lurking in from the shadows. The bodies of the charnel grounds are coming to life and gathering in the audience of the ceremony unravelling before them. Amongst the horde of the undead are a royal pair who begin to dance, with all the corpses following. With the eventual completion of the instruments, the royal pair give their nod of approval and disappear into the darkness, taking the sizable crowd with them. The party begins reinterring and scattering the corpses and ashes of the ritual, paying off the local charnel ground workers to turn a blind eye, and they prepare to set off for Tibet to find the mysterious printing house. On to Tibet to find a replacement scroll for the one that disappeared from the sealed cave in Tunhuang. Uh, so you must journey to a famed printing house located in the ancient kingdom of Dirge in Kham, Eastern Tibet. Uh, before we start discussing about uh, your travel arrangements, uh, let us find out what your investigators already know. Number six. Tucked up on the roof of the world, Tibet was, and still is, largely a mystery to the countries beyond its disputed borders. Hard to reach and closed off to outsiders for much of the last century, it hides its secrets behind the walls of the Himalayas in the south and the Kunlun Mountains in the north, 
ruled by a reincarnated priest king, the Dalai Lama, from the holy city of Lhasa, the country has its own version of the Buddhist faith and an obsession with tea to rival that of the British. Many nations, particularly China, Russia and Britain, have tried to gain a foothold in the country. The Chinese, through historical precedent, with eyes on its natural resources, including, allegedly, its gold mines, the Russians to expand their territories in Central Asia, and the British to use it as a buffer against the Russians, now Soviets, who they fear have designs on the jewel that is India. Thank you very much. You know that entering Tibet isn't easy. Uh, you will need the correct papers, or otherwise you have to pretend to be natives or religious pil pilgrims who are allowed to travel freely through the area. Other options are a higher authority in Tibet can get you an invitation. Alternatively, now that you're still for a while in British India, you can get passports from the government, who I believe still owe you a favor. Yes. I think favor from the government is my preferred uh, avenue. Yeah. So you can get a passport uh, from the authorities either in New Delhi or uh, in Darjeeling. I vote Darjeeling because it's also the name of a delicious tea. Absolutely. Also, uh, you'd have to backtrack to go to New Delhi at this point on your journey, so you probably want to go to Darjeeling. Now, stuff that. I yeah. want to play this awesome new bone drum we made. I can't remember whether <laughs> we talked about this enough last time, because it's been a while. Uh, peek behind the curtain, listeners. It's been a while since we recorded that. Um, but how gruesome would that ritual actually have been? Not the ritual itself, but the preamble where we had to legit butcher these people. Oh, yeah. I had a picture in my head of just like sitting, you know, the chanting's going on, it's all fun and games, and you're just chiseling this human bone, and it's all like nice and white and clean and all the rest of it. But there's a whole several hours before that where we were boiling people in milk and skinning them and mm. just like chopping yep. the meat off those bones. You had a good time. We were getting it towards the sort of pulled pork consistency where you could just sort of <laughs> oh, peel it off nice and easy. So delicious. Yes. I have to say, if all of us aren't, you know, uh, hardened to death, I think now may be the time. That's a good point. Yeah. Actually, actually. Can we put that on that character sheets, Keeper? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Right. I tried to do it I for mean, you guys, sorry. It's pretty much a lifestyle for Hasina at this point anyway. I mean, Hasina's so... fine with bodies, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. fine, as in not sane per se, because she has other kinds of associations with them, but not disgusted by them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just just put a little salt on it; it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so when you're in Darjeeling, you will need to interview a civil servant to manage to convince them of this passport. But first. Let me tell you a bit about how you're traveling there. Am I right to assume you're still part of a caravan? No, you're not. No, we're all on our own. Yeah, we left the caravan yeah. behind. So are you walking? We even, did we we left the wheelbarrows even, so <laughs> Yeah, you don't yeah. have much. Just us and our backpacks. We hired a car. Did you? Did we hire like a yeah. little a little car or a little van or something so we could oh, transport no. all of our uh, all of our Tenzin will not allow that to happen. <laughs> Tenzin is not the main problem. You can't get into Tibet with a car. <laughs> mm, they all hate wheels too. You mean because they won't allow it or because mountains? <laughs> they all hate wheels. Probably take the, take the train to Darjeeling, right? We could probably do that. Let's see. So you can take the train. So you're in Rajir at the moment. It says you can tra take the train to Bhaktiyapur. And then from there, you can go to Kolkata and then get a night train to Siliguri and from there there's another train so actually you don't need a car did you rent the car you didn't buy it yeah we rented a car i believe so you probably can't take it to tibet yeah it was just to get all of our tools to the to the that's right channel ground oh, yeah incognito yeah. or second hand clothes to look like grave diggers as well hadn't we so all we did, our like yeah. normal yeah. clothes would be presumably in the car with our with our gear so it looks like there's a bunch of trains you can take at first, which is good. You don't need anything else. Uh, then, from Siliguri, you can look forward to a bone-rattling but very scenic journey on a train of the Darjeeling Himalayan Railway. Uh, it takes anywhere between six and nine hours to crawl its way up the 55-mile narrow-gauge track to Darjeeling. 
Is that bone rattling a crack about our instruments? <laughs> We've got a rhythm section now. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't make a bone rattle or something, because that would be a dead giveaway in our luggage. We start going over bumps. People are like, what is that rattling bone noise? <laughs> These foreigners are bone smugglers. I knew it. <laughs> Probably got wheels in those packs as well. Get them. <laughs> so that's the first part of your journey, and it's by train. Are you happy to do it as described? Well, the last time we got on a train, we did get mildly pisaccia, didn't we? You did. <laughs> I like that it's a verb now. <laughs> so I'm not like super hyped about trains, but I guess that's just that's how it is. Any any way we travel, there's going to be hurricanes or something. It's just standard commute, really, isn't it? You know. Well, it's, it's not going to be any better. Yeah. Overcrowding, expensive tickets. You nearly get eaten by a flesh-eating ghoul. <laughs> Bunch of teenagers not wearing masks. Oh yeah. Yeah. The advantage, I would say, of something like a train is that similar to last time, we have a relatively defensible one or two methods of entry, you know, room. Mm. You know, if we tr if we try and do some sort of Tour de France, Tour de Tibet style cycle thing, we'll get attacked by bicycling passages, and that just sounds rubbish. <laughs> bicycling passages, <laughs> but very environmentally friendly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all for passages, you know, lowering their carbon footprint, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think the train is a good shout for lots of reasons. I guess the question is, do we need to call in our favour before we head out? Because where, where was our friend that owes us a favour based again? Does anyone remember? Srinagar. So, so you can't we, really go back. But we could, um, we could probably get a wire to him, right? Because yeah. he's going to have access to, um, to that kind of stuff if he's part of the British uh, yeah, establishment. You can, yeah, you can probably do that at most train stations in India. Yeah, if okay. we send him a wire and basically say, we're heading to Darjeeling, you know, for returning your aid, um, could uh, you arrange a civil servant to be friendly to us and arrange a passport for us? Lots of love, those people you met the other week. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Diplomatic immunity, perhaps, that would also <laughs> yeah. be useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, we're planning on some crimes. Could you just uh, reactively make them go away? If, if they find the, the, the bone drum and the bone flute, just in case, you know? I don't know how many years you get for desecrating graves and having a disco with them. Anything to declare? No. Isn't it, friendo? We got a case of the old bone flute, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if you could just. We have a case with a bone flute in it. <laughs> the first part of your journey on train seems to go fairly uneventfully. You're welcome. Nice. Yay. Thank you. <laughs> and then you arrive at Darjeeling where you find your way to the local British government buildings and request uh, an interview for official Tibetan passports. Do you drop your friend's name? We do. You gotta. What is Stradwick. his name? Oh, don't do this to us. <laughs> is it really Stradwick? It is Stradwick, yeah. Oh, and not, well only done, are we dropping, not only are we dropping his name, we're, uh, we're wiring him ahead of time and saying, could you warm them up to us, aren't we? Yes, yeah. So the government officials in British India sit you all down, including Sina and Senchu. The bureaucrat has a pile of notes that you think one of them is uh, hopefully Stradwick's uh, wire of information about you. But uh, it's clear that he considers you a very confusing group of people to be requesting passports to Tibet. Uh, Tenzin is also there. I guess Tenzin technically doesn't need a passport. He looks fairly... He's a local, yeah. And uh, we got a, you know, we got an archaeologist and a colleague from the, you know, a university of archaeology, and uh, we're, we're globe trotting strange. academics. Just to be clear, <laughs> Tenzin's passport has totally expired after all those thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, especially you, Timo, you are you're right by various people there who recognise you as someone with potential attachments to the Soviet Union and they're, they're not a 
big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if, if it comes up, I will play the I'm a white Russian refugee card and I'm essentially the security for this expedition is what I'm going for. Mm -hmm. They outline that we have a very, very important accord set with uh, the Tibetans and in order to provide you with this passport, we need to be very much reassured that you will not infringe on the terms of it. The peace between the nations is very delicate, and after what happened, it is really important that we maintain good relations. Uh, now, I've received a telegram for, from Mr. Strudwick, and he did vouch for you, saying that you uh, did help him, but I'm afraid we're still going to have to go through uh, an official interview with each of you separately to make sure. Oh, boy. All right. The list of requirements is that you won't be entering into any trade negotiations while in the country or brokering any diplomatic pacts. Uh, it is really important that you convince them that you haven't come to spy for another country or try and foment political unrest. Looking at you specifically, Timor. I will do, a, I'll do my best attempt at an innocent face. <laughs> <laughs> I have points in acting if you need them. Do you really? I do, yeah. I have a lot of points in acting. Wow. Come on. So you can gain a bonus die because you helped out with the runner. And it will require one social success. But I did say individual interviews. I'm happy to allow one role for everyone. Oh, thank you. I guess we have two options. One is one person rolls or everyone rolls. And the if the majority passes, then everyone passes. Genuine question, since the departure of, of Jan Yu, do we have anybody with particularly great social skills? <laughs> I have 73 in charm. Oh, you charming mustachioed mister. <laughs> but Significant. Brayden hates the idea of uh, having to roleplay charming this man. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not enter into bed if possible. <laughs> No, okay. Let's do it. I'll charm. Are we all counting on Sophian, or is anyone? Uh, is everyone? What's, what's honestly? It makes more sense to me to have does. to roll individually and take a majority, but I am very much arguing for our doom because my social skills are terrible, <laughs> as we know. I mean, can I can I roll artcraft acting in place of a social roll to sort of Ooh. do my do my spy games? Okay. Honestly, I don't see why acting isn't a, a social roll. To be honest. Mm. I've got no social skills to speak of, but I do have history, so I guess Asina could try and talk about how the history of uh, the, the tensions between the, the countries is not anything to do with her, and she understands it, and she knows that this is a diplomatic nightmare in the making if things go wrong, so... Oh, well, if we're bullshitting, then I'd like to roll uh, language-own English in which I have 90 and just string together a lot of long words they don't understand until they let me in. Um, <laughs> you already have a bonus die. I don't know that I would give you a bonus die for being good at other things. I think that's going to have to be a persuade. All right, but for flavor, I would like the audience to imagine Hasina and Eudora in the background just monologuing both at the same time about the history of the region. Or well, like the Beastie Boys. Is Eudora even doing it accurately or is she just saying words? Uh, she's got a 66 in history, brackets art. So she's talking specifically about the art of the region and she is about two thirds correct. They do not really care about that. Well, their loss. Apparently, um, most historical explorers in Tibet uh, snuck in illegally, so you're probably not... Not helping the courts, <laughs> is that what you're saying? I guess it <laughs> might come to that for us as well. Mm. <laughs> so are you are you basing all your hopes on um, Sofian? What, what is it? What I is think the... that's the most sensible option, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've got a decent chance of passing acting, but it sounds like you two don't have a particular chance of no. passing anything. Not at oh all. no, we're looking at base charm at 15. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I don't know if, she, I mean, how's Shen Chu set up for... <laughs> oh yeah, tiny criminal, drops? how's she? She can fast uh, talk her way through anything. She, she, actually, she's got good fast talk. She does have good fast talk. 
You can say she's uh, Tenzin's daughter. There we go. Came from Tibet originally, just hasn't got her passport. Somebody has added to her character sheet that she's really good at macaroni art. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's up to you guys basically. I feel I feel all right about passing. I think we Sofian's got a good chance of passing. Shenchi's got a decent chance of passing. That would take us to three out of the six. Okay. Um, so in order for all of us to succeed, half of us definitely can't mess up. That's true. Yeah. Alternatively, we place it all on a dice roll on your shoulders with a bonus die, right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's the honestly applies anyway. That's much better well, odds than yeah. the other version. I think the odds favour Sofian, to be honest. We'll trust him, and Timor will do his best to allay their fears about his specific issues. Um, actually, I think that's a good point, Timor. Why don't you roll an acting uh, without a bonus die? Oh. And if you fail, then I'll take away Sofian's bonus die. Oh, oh I open my stupid mouth. Joy to the world. Okay, here we go. Come on. Sweet! I will spend a single point of luck and make that a hard success. It doesn't have to be hard. Do you want to spend that luck? I'm spending the luck anyway, because I want a hard success. (laughs) You can't stop me. (laughs) Okay. Proceed. Something with your bonus time. So, hard success means two bonus times. I'm joking. Uh, (laughs) Um... I mean, are the rest of them in the room with me? How long can I take? Because, you know, Sofian will... Start undressing. (laughs) (laughs) The true charm, the deep charm. I'm reading the Keeper's Handbook for inspiration. It says just warmth of personality can be enough to charm them. So I think he'll just be very relaxed, calm, talk about the rescue of uh, Peshin. The fellow oh, very nice. Mm. Remembering the name is definitely noise. noise. You know, speaking about his time uh, serving as a a war correspondent for the uh, Indian British military, just kind of opening up a little bit before you know discussing their journey into Tibet and how they're he's a hundred percent sure there won't be. Uh, any any drama whatsoever caused from the party. <laughs> no funny business here. No, not at all. And that, uh, yeah, that they're just outstanding individuals. Look at them all. I bet that some <laughs> of them probably have moustaches. We talk about our uh, moustache care <laughs> routines. Good time. Bear brands of wax. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Go on. Make your roll with your okay. bones, Extreme oh, success. Oh, yes. They're Boom. your best friends. They uh, do not hesitate to give you all passports after being completely convinced of your trustworthiness. And they do tell you they're still here if you need anything. And they wish you luck on your journeys. Uh, they tell you you can, of course, uh, use the government rest houses in your journey whenever you need to. They're known as duck bungalows. And they're free to use... Are there ducks? Duck with D-A-K. I don't know. I don't know if they're ducks. Ducks. Your door is mildly disappointing. (laughs) Not not bungalows for ducks, then. They're they're helpful for anyone who wants a clean and comfortable, nice sleep uh, in their journeys. Duck bungalow. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll stop back in on the way back through. uh, Oh, yes, please. go Go out for a dinner. On me. Whoever grows the largest moustache in the meantime wins. <laughs> oh, I'll wager you'll win, friend. Look at that moustache. <laughs> you chum. Jolly good show in there, Sophia. And you had the meeting out of the palm of your moustache. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eudora. Yes, uh, there's a certain language that uh, comes with uh, owning one of these bad boys. And he slaps the top of his moustache. <laughs> Maybe I should grow one of these moustaches. It's a, uh, a weapon. Yes. At this point, will you be looking to get another caravan, or will you be walking? I say caravan it up at every opportunity. How are we looking financially? That's a good point. It's so expensive, but we don't have the money, I don't think. I think you're nearly broke, Eudora. Uh, 
Well, I'm down to $70 cash. I can't remember how much one of these things runs. How long are we expecting to be in Tibet? It's a much smaller, like traversing China was a much longer proposition, wasn't it? Like five months or something. How long is this supposed to be? If you're riding, it should take you a couple of months to reach your destination for the scroll. Mm. And then, because traveling to bed is, is harder, the mountain passes are really inaccessible. Mm -hmm. We probably need yaks as well. I'm not passing up a yak caravan. Yes! Yeah, could we halfway house it and get like some yaks and a guide rather than a full caravan? So like a bare bone. Yeah, like the, like mm. the, the minimum caravan. <laughs> What's the Tesco value caravan option? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe two guides, just in case one does. Smart. We can feed him to the other guide, make him stronger. Yeah. <laughs> make some kind of super guide. <laughs> it's stacking up on top of each other. <laughs> wow, that's a callback to an old episode. <laughs> super Wolf will never die. Presumably we can employ people along the way, possibly, if we do lose one of the guides. Yeah, exactly. I mean, depends on where you are. Yeah, some of these yeah. are going to be like super remote villages, right? Yeah, I think Tibet is not like the cities in India and China. They don't really have provisions for you. I'm honestly you thinking of... Get to restock. Yeah, I'm thinking of liquidating some assets. But I feel like if you're going to be traversing anywhere with a caravan, these incredibly barren mountains with nowhere to restock are like up there. Like we, we caravan mm. the desert, that makes sense. What are you worried about? If if a guide dies, we promote the most charismatic yak to be the new guide. <laughs> if we get hungry, we kill the least charismatic yak to eat. <laughs> it's a foolproof plan. That makes such a good image in my head. Like the guy dies and we're like, Welp, and we just put his hat on a yak. <laughs> we're like, Onward, guide us. And it just like stumbles down a ravine and we're like, well, guess he knows best. <laughs> down we go. Can you imagine the sense of competition between the yaks as well? Oh, I gosh, mean, I know. Like, oh, I'm going to get promoted. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to audition. Like, it's like Britain's got talent, but for yaks. And it's in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can actually, you can restock in Tibet, but they don't accept cash. They only we trade. Can them yaks. You can trade yaks and other goods. Oh, I see. Okay. So you like can't use money in Tibet. Organs of the flesh. Yeah. No. I mean, Entering. I don't know. Okay. That's fine. Do, do we know what, what sort of goods would be the most useful in trade? Like, do they, uh, do they want food? Do they want tools? I guess it depends on the village you end up in. Like, it's could, be could be anything. I think the uh, antique jewellery of young women, perhaps mm -hmm. Asina, might uh, yeah. be a She's good bug. In fact, from my extracurricular reading, they don't really care very much for jewellery. That's what I was wondering, is like, are these pragmatic people who need like meat and knives? And they might not go for anything like small and fungible that we can just carry on our persons. I still feel like having a big old caravan is... Uh, like the safest bet, no? Then we've got yaks and things to spare. Fair enough. I'm just saying, guys, I'm paying for this thing. Let me buy us a caravan. Okay, let's go. <laughs> I want to splurge. The world is ending. May as well. But having having mentioned Hasina's jewellery, she is uh, going to go to the market and trade away a couple of necklaces for a new camera for Sofian because she feels Aww. really bad. My she heart. feels really bad about what happened. And oh, Hasina. He's going to say to him about, I remember the first thing you ever said to me, which was such an awful place to be all alone. And I don't want you to be all alone, Sofian. And she'll give him the camera. God damn it. Hasina. And she'll give him a big hug. Sofian tears up a little. She'll give him a big, big hug and a little kiss on the cheek. Ah, it's you guys. I really should grow one of these moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> Someone give Timor a kiss. I'm fine. You draw a will. And then a little <laughs> noogie as well. Like, you <laughs> I mean, you'll probably need a stepladder to give me a noogie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. She has to reach us up way high, stands on tip top and just about brushes the top of your head. How was no. her climb skill? She's going to deputize Shenchu. She's going to raise Shenchu up on her shoulders. She is, she is size 25. The point is, Timur gets nuggied. <laughs> okay. Moving on from that, 
I guess someone familiar with India roll me an education not and no role to figure out <laughs> if you go to like a cheap caravan outfitter or you excel in my manage to find like a really expensive one. Uh, is that me? Okay, we're in your hands. Well, hey, success. Oh, he's on so, a roll today. Going to the caravan outfitter. I will need a social role by one person to determine the price of a full outfitting. The more intimidate them. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely can when the negotiations come. I don't think it's allowed, unfortunately. You don't think it's allowed? Okay. I just don't want to hog all the all the fun rolls. You're you're the charm man. <laughs> this is so okay. Now's your time, buddy. You spent ages waiting to find someone that spoke your language. <laughs> all right. Here we go. I, oh, I didn't fumble. That's not a fumble. Uh, let's see what we got. Should I push it? Oh, you can push it if you like. Push but it real if good. If you fail a push roll, um, it's gonna cost you much more. Yeah, buddy. But you can if you like. What do you think, everyone? Hmm. What's the alternative? Uh, you take the price you have been suggested now. He says that'll be uh, $125. We even afford that? Well, I'd have to I'd have to wire Charles and ask him to... I don't know. Can't you, can't you talk to these people? It seems a little steep to me. I, I tried. Uh, yeah, let me try again. Perhaps. How do you push it? Oh, God. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well, geez, I yeah, I'm gonna go the <laughs> the slow and low approach. I'll uh, bring in some oh my. some tea. Their tea. Uh, yeah, I'll bring in their own tea. <laughs> I'll buy them some tea. I'll buy a present, a tea set. You'll buy them <laughs> a present we'll... so that they discount you money from. That's how business works, yo. Offer them a foot rub. <laughs> <laughs> Or moustache growing tips. How much does the present cost that you buy? Oh, like a dollar. I don't buy a very good tea set. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I make them tea in the negotiations. I'm like, well, let's talk about this a bit more. And then I butter them up. <laughs> with words that okay. are nice. I was going to say buttering up key. has a very different meaning to us <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> You are very musical-looking femurs. <laughs> Your ribs are so melodious. Let me just put a bit more butter on them. <laughs> Your skin would make a great hide of a drum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I charm them again with my skills. I oh, extreme oh, succeed. Yeah. Oh, they love me. You manage after a long time. Uh, and a lot of tea that you might have, might or might not have spiked to get the price down from 125 to fifty dollars. Perfect. Whoa! And Sargon, I can afford that without liquidating any assets. That's amazing. I'll tell them that when I come back through, I'll have dinner with them, and then I walk off without the intention. Your treat, of them. though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please remove fifty dollars from. You cash. Done and done. Cash levels down to twenty pounds. I'm a I... pauper, but dang it, we're traveling in style. I was gonna <laughs> say, do you, do you want to share some of that burden? Yeah, let me spend some. Uh, I don't really mind. In for a penny, in for a pound, as they say in the motherland. <laughs> I'll drop you ten dollars. The ten dollars are from your cash, Sophian, right? You can't use your delics yes. today. The spending limit on this. No, yeah, my cash, cash. You proceed. Onto your journey, fully passported and fully outfitted in your caravan. Entirely yak. You ride off into the sunset. On a yak. Uh, once in the, <laughs> once in the Chumbi Valley, the trade route passes up through the little town of Pari, situated at an elevation of fifteen thousand feet or forty-five hundred meters, in the shadow of the Dong Fortress that guards the head of the valley. The town of Ferry is notoriously filthy, with human and animal waste piled high in the fetid streets. Ferry is not alone in being described as stinking and squalid. 
most Tibetan towns and villages mentioned by Western writers at the time suffer from equally damning reviews, although Fari is held to be the worst. If that is propaganda or not, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, everyone, please roll me a hard constitution roll as you pass through this town. And I'm gonna That's roll not... one for your caravan. Oh no. That the yaks are fine though. Yes. The yaks are like, ah, sweet perfume. Oh, Yudora loves it. That's her too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she Timor takes a likes deep it as well. Oh. Ah. Timor's got a hard success, no trouble. Nice. I failed. Ah, failed as well. What about Shen Chi, though? Shen Chi's totally going to bath, isn't she? She's got Constitution 20. It needs a hard 20. success, right? Not a normal mm. success. Yeah, Const so Constitution 20 for Shen Chi. Yeah. Uh, and I have just rolled a 76. So wow. she's fine, right? Yeah, no. Sorry. Oh, God. Uh, okay. Got on 85, and I rolled 87. Oh, Oof. no. Really tough, yeah. She was not me. expecting. She's great with, like, other smells, but not, not with uh, excrement for some reason. Fair mm -hmm. enough. Everyone besides uh, Eudora and Timor, uh, and the caravan is fine as well, uh, you're overcome by the stench and the choking clouds of dried excrement dust kicked up by passers-by. So you uh, spend your time traveling through that village a bit lightheaded and um, trying to not throw up. I mean, they're already lightheaded from the uh, from the elevation, right? So they're probably, <laughs> yeah. it's like double whammy. It's true, actually. Uh, from Fari, the trail leads up through the Red Idol Gorge, uh, which is full of red painted statues of the Buddha and covered in flapping prayer flags. And then across the lush fields to the town of Gyantse, home to the famously gigantic Kumbum Chorten. Gyantse is also where the Changlo, British trade agency, maintains a watch on all those traveling toward Lhasa. This is, this is the fun exposition of going through all, all the steps of your travel. The shortest way towards Lhasa is to take the Karolo to the Yamdrok Chou at the Kambala and onto the Yalung Changpo Valley. Tomins Lake in Tibetan and Yamdrokcho is one of Tibet's four holy lakes. Everyone, roll me a history roll, uh, a hard one if it's art history, as you pass through the Karola. Fail. Normal success, but it's art history, so fail. Yeah, normal success for Timor as well when it's art history, so. Sophie-Anne! Extreme! The hero of this episode. Seriously? Third extreme success. His dice are on fire. Oh, damn. Most valuable player right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Sofian, you and no one else, uh, know that the Karala Pass is disliked by Tibetans and thought of as haunted because it was the site of slaughter of the Tibetan army by the Young Husband Expedition in 1904. And that's someone's name, right? Not an expedition of Young Husband. Young Husband was the guy. The 14th Dalai Lama's decision to maintain a policy of complete isolation only made Europe and diplomats more determined to force their way into the country. The fact that so much of that area was unmapped made Russia look at it as a potential strategic asset, while Britain viewed the region as a potential threat to their presence in British India at the time. This, of course, resulted in many expeditions sponsored by different countries attempting to gather intelligence about the area uh, within the Tibetan borders. The situation, however, climaxed in 1904 with the Young Husband Expedition, which is considered to be the last great British imperial adventure. Tibet's closed borders, their rude lack of communication, uh, apparently they used to send the letters of the British uh, government back to the British unopened, and this regard for previous treaties caused the British to grow concerned that they were working with the Russians. So on March 30th, 1904, uh, the most controversial event of the expedition occurred. With conflicting reports from all sides, the British announced their intentions to move further into Lhasa and overnight the Tibetans barricaded the road at Chumpishengo. At some point that morning, the British opened fire with machine guns, artillery and rifle volley 
leaving 628 Tibetans dead and 222 wounded. The final tally was 50 shrapnel shells, 1400 machine gun rounds, and 14,351 rounds of rifle ammunition fired into the Tibetan forces. By the end, the Tibetans were forced to retreat and accept all British demands, including paying them reparations for the cost of their invasion. That is what you know, Sofian, about the fan history of the Young Husband ex expedition. Yeah, I'm gonna rate that as we walk. I don't know how Sofian would feel about that, being that he's quite devo devoted to uh, British India, but probably still feel a bit sick by the uh, the whole ordeal. Yeah, it's not, uh, not my countryman's finest moment, I fear. Everyone roll me a spot hidden. Ooh. I've got Very a six. Nice. That is an extreme success. Hard success. Almost success. Uh, both Timur and Shen Chi have a hard success. Oh, very nice. We are spotting all the hiddens. We are. As you're carefully glancing around the landscape of death, you glimpse a flash of red light and a silhouette almost of a person appear and disappear in various points, sometimes nearer you, sometimes further than you. It confuses you and creeps you out, but as soon as you turn to look, it disappears. Are we being followed? They say that this place is haunted. How far away from us was that, Keeper, and have the caravan noticed? The caravan have not noticed, and it's it's appearing and reappearing in some distance, but then you think almost like near next to you a couple of times and then disappearing again. But you can't tell what it is. That is very unnerving, yes? I don't think there's anything we can do about it for right now. Uh, Ten Tenzin, you don't know what this thing is, do you? Uh, uh, no, uh, I didn't even know the history you told us about of this place. Uh, it happened much more recently and it did not feature in my dreams but all strange things can be attributed to the past in one way or another the red flashes keeper do they remind me of a sort of battle or war is it like sort of you know explosion type flashes or they're not like explosions, but because now that you know a uh, battle happened in this place, you definitely are getting some war jitters. I do not like this at all. Let's keep on our way. Get out of here as soon as possible. Uh, you keep moving forward, trying to ignore that shape, and then it appears more clearly. You can see it almost floating above the ground right in front of Eudora. A fuzzy, but clearly recognizably human form. Uh, a young Tibetan man wearing warm clothes and what look like military insignia. He looks angry and his eyes light red as he stares. Eudora, you hear words in your mind that you can't understand. And then his form moves forward fast, meeting yours. Roll me a power roll, please. Oh, good grief. Oh, no. Uh... That is a success. I could spend three luck to make it a hard one. Am I about to get possessed by this young Tibetan man? You pass? Yeah. You hear some words. You think it's possibly Tibetan, but you can't understand them. And then the form disappears, leaving you with chills. You feel drained, but you know you're okay. Oh God. Uh, did, did anyone else see that? Did you hear that? Yes. Everyone yes. saw that but didn't hear it. What did he do to you? I, I think he's just like patting herself down. I, I'm so cold. I I think he's gone. Um, I, I don't. I just just a, a lot of the lingo in in my head. I I don't know what he said. This place is God. cursed. Do you think it was a a a, a warning or just a, like a, a ghost of Tenzin? What is this? Ah. Uh. What what did he say? I don't speak Tibetan. Can you try to replicate the sounds? Okay, Eudora taps into her eidetic memory, which is totally here on her character sheet, and perfectly <laughs> imitates... I don't know. Surely not. There's no way. It was like a couple of words. Oh, okay. I, I thought it was like a whole monologue. No. Okay, well then she will attempt it. Uh -huh. 
that appears to be a Tibetan insult attributed uh, to the British. Oh, what? I think he might be angry with the British that massacred him and his allies. You know what? That is fair, actually, uh, now that I think about it. Yes. Uh, Yudora hangs her head a little bit. Um, well, um, I'd love to say it was a long time ago, um, but it wasn't really, was it? We're not really absolved in any way. You're pretty awful. Uh, but we're here on a much more noble endeavour, I have to say. Wish I could explain to this chap. Uh, guess I've just got to reassure myself that what we're doing here is quite different. Not an invasion, more of a... Well, it's sort of the ultimate peacekeeping exercise, really, isn't it? We're trying to prevent... We're trying to prevent an invasion, dash it. Where is that chap? I'll, I'll give him what for. I'll tell him what we're doing here. He's probably hurt of the King of Fear. I think I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go take a nap in the back of one of those caravans. All right. It may be sensible to stay out of sight. I'm not sure a British person would be welcome here. I can't imagine that I will be incredibly popular either. Maybe let's you and me lay low, Timur. I think you've got a point, Hasina. I don't... Normally I don't like to, you know, give credence to superstitions and so on, but um, every day I feel a ghost pass through me. I think, uh... Yes. Let's see if I can get a bigger hat. You continue along the T-Horse Road and skirt around Lhasa on the way to Chamdo, which sits a mere hundred miles from the border with China, before branching off to the northeast. You're very familiar by now with your visions when you travel, and indeed they haven't left you. Every night you piece more together of something dreadful. Asina? Yes. In your sleep, one piece at a time, until by the end of your journey, it forms itself like a jigsaw into this final series of images and feelings. You get the dreadful feeling that you have failed to prevent the opening of the gates. You see your hometown that you left not that long ago, Tega threatening clouds. Then a storm begins. You hear deafening thunder and see lightning strikes destroy homes, kill people as they run for their lives. You see your mother trapped outside your house begging and praying mercy. In the sky, you see a silhouette, the king of fear, laughing in his victory. <laughs> That's not good. Eudora, the fire from your earlier dreams continues. Oh no. Burning all that you love. The books are gone, your life's work. And now you see Charles, your husband, the love of your life. No. Bravely trying to fight the fire to protect a group of children. But then the fire starts falling from the sky and he's powerless. Ouch. He looks up at the sky, fear in his eyes. And up there, you too see a silhouette, the King of Fear, laughing in his victory. <laughs> Sophian, you see the town that you have so loved, Srinagar, turn into a monstrous world. The corpse-filled Tarry Lake water occupying more and more of the surrounding area. It expands and is now populated with monsters. Terrifying creatures from below briefly emerge to consume the floating, bloated corpses of the kind people in your town. And the survivors left are huddled up on rooftops, waiting for their inevitable end. No gardens to feed them, no water to drink, no hope left. In the sky you see a silhouette, the king of fear, laughing in his victory. Timor. Your view of the shaking ground expands and expands until you see not only Peking, the town you lived in, destroyed, but also Russia, your motherland. Everything you have felt safe in as a child slowly demolished in front of your eyes. The Hermitage Museum, back in Petrograd, falls away brick by brick, and then a gash in the earth opens and molten lava starts pulling out. In Russia, in Peking, everywhere. In the sky, you see a silhouette of a man that you recognize 
as the King of Fear, laughing in his victory. Then she also has a dream that she will tell you later. <laughs> all in all, your trip to Derje takes two months with your caravan, which means that you have two self-improvements. So the suggested skills in the book are ride all relevant language skills, navigate survival desert or mountain, law Buddhism, natural world swimming, uh, as there are many lakes along the way you can swim in, apparently. And fighting brawl, if traveling with a caravan, which you are. So, let's take it in turn. Noxicals, would you like to kick us off? What would you like to improve? Yeah, I think Timur, to be honest, is finding the journey increasingly difficult. Um, and I think he will spend some time in um, talking in confidence with Tenzin, if he can. Mm. Uh, I think Timur feels very strongly that he wants to be somebody who's who's doing something good, that he's doing something for the benefit of other people. And he's kind of tied his ideals to Bolshevism, but it doesn't seem to offer him answers to the things he's seeing anymore. So I'd like to spend some time with Tenzin and, and try and gain a bit of law Buddhism. Sounds good. Give us, give us a roll, a power roll. So, a power roll. Okay, I'm a relatively powerful chap, so... <laughs> Uh, oh, but that's a 95, so Tenzin must be quite boring. That's for the first month, so you can roll again if you want to try again. Yeah, I'll give it a go for the second month, because I really do want to find something to fill the Bolshevik-shaped hole. That is an 11. Hooray! That's an extreme success. Amazing. Please gain uh, 1d10 plus 1. Come on. Oh, nice! That's a 9, so plus 1, that's 10. Amazing. Not, not too shabby. Would you like to also do Shenchu? Yes, I think so. Uh, what would Shenchu focus on? I if uh, I mean, if I can offer a suggestion. Yeah, of course. Just as Shenchu's self-appointed educator <laughs> over the course of the trip, I was thinking maybe we'd take. Uh, it's it's all been like a lot of history and stuff, geography and whatnot so far, uh, but it might take a turn slightly more for the practical because we're in a mountain environment and uh, Hasina has got uh, mountain survival, I believe. Uh, yeah, she's got forty in the mountains. Okay, so that wait, does that qualify her as a teacher, or do you need over fifty? Thing you need over 50. Shoot. If you go from zero. But you can learn that from the caravan. Okay. Yeah. I was going to suggest that given that she's a kid, I think that also, you know, like climb and swim are decent bets mm. as well. Um, you know, she already has some climb, actually. And so, am I right in thinking that if it's not a new thing you're trying to learn, you can do two in a month? Is that right? You can do 2D4. So she could do a D4 in climb and a D4 in. Something else that she already had. I don't think she already Yeah, so in one month you can do 1d4 in two things, or you can do 2d4 in one thing. Okay. Well, in that case, I think we'll we'll spend some time trying to get some mountain survival and some time some time doing some climbing. Okay, it's two months, so you can do 2d4 in each if you like. Well, she doesn't have any um, mountain survival, okay. so that will be a new a new okay, thing for so her. Okay, so 1d4 in the two, and then. Uh, it will need a separate power roll for each of them. So month one we'll try and learn some mountain survival. And she fails miserably, that's an 80. You can roll separately for each skill. So. Uh, 24 on the second one, so that's a pass. <laughs> one point in climb. Amazing. And then in the second month we'll try again for mountain survival. Uh, and pass, that's a 26. Very nice, that's 1d10 plus 1. Oh, she got 10 as well. 9 wow. plus 1. Very nice. Amazing. Okay, Hasina. I think Hasina is going to learn to swim in the lakes because uh, she's from the mountains and I can't imagine there was much opportunity to have learned to swim up there. So, uh, yeah, she's going to try that. Um, she's got no points in it other than base. So mm -hmm. that's a power roll first, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's nine. So that's rather good. Very nice. 1d10 plus one, please. Okay. Uh, so I've rolled a two. So that's three points in swim. It's not great, but it's a start. 
I guess you didn't really have a teacher available, so you're probably just like flailing around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just got, got the doggy panic. She, she, she just got Timo to like lift her up and throw her in the deep end. I think. Uh, would you? What would you like to do for the second month? Um, I, I think I'm actually going to try the swim again. I think she's going to just concentrate on that. This time, if you pass your power roll, you can gain two d four. Okay, let's try. Oh, whoops! That's yes. a fumble. Yeah. Unfortunately, that that's a fumble on your swimming. So, um, Oops. Uh, <laughs> I drowned. <laughs> you probably almost drowned. Someone pulled you out. Now you're a bit like nervous around water. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're like, mm, maybe I should have a buddy next time. Maybe. I try to teach maybe. myself to swim in random lakes. <laughs> nope. Uh, Dora. God, I was gonna say that I was gonna learn to swim with Hasina, but like, let's have drown. Oh god, okay, I guess let's find out how it went. We got those Victorian looking bathing suits with like the wool trousers essentially. Oh, yeah. the, the little hats. Definitely. I'm honestly I'm a little bit surprised that Eudora doesn't already know how to swim, because I picture her having gone to one of those as the scion of a nouveau riche upwardly mobile family. She probably went to one of those like prep schools where young gals were taught to play polo and so on. So I figured like early morning swims, but oh, but to be fair, we learned recently in an interview that the character sheet of Eudora Lockhart and possibly someone else is actually <laughs> minus 50 to 70 odd skill points. No, it's not in the rules. Some nice keepers do that. Mm, okay, yeah. Why Why is that minus 50 to 70 on skill points? Because when you get a pre-gen, pre uh, many people hand an extra 70 points to, uh, to you know, use in as many skills as you like. Specifically, they called out that Sofian and um, Timur have uh, experience packages. Oh, yeah. They were in the war, yeah. Because Timur's been a soldier, and, and so and Sofian's been in the war as well, mm, right? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they have a bunch of additional skills and uh, are inured to violence, which gives them a bit of an advantage over the other pregens. Ah, here we are, and uh, you're going... doing great. She's an asset to the team, so I, I feel like I'm doing great. No, no complaints. I'm having a great time with Eudora as is, uh, but as it stands, she can't swim. So let's see if we can fix that. All right, that's a two. One d ten plus one, please. Mm -mm. So maybe Eudora. <laughs> I don't know. Second month. No, I'm just trying to picture how it goes with Hasina fumbling. Well, she didn't fumble the first month. She fumbled the second month. So. Oh, I see. Good point. Good point. That is a... Oh, I didn't want power. Sorry. Oh, shoot. That's a 98. So, uh... <laughs> so, what's so we went swimming together, oh, improved no. it by the same amount of three points, and then nearly drowned together. Well, my power's 65, so that's technically so not a fumble, but it's pretty bad. I feel like this was, like, our bonding moment. Uh, yeah. I think it was basically Eudora being like, nope, nope, won't do it today, too busy doing something else. Uh, but the second month, she just didn't join you for swimming and you panicked because you didn't have anyone there. That's what happens if you fail your power. You, you don't have the willpower and the concentration to focus on this thing. You're just busy oh. doing other stuff. Oh, that makes sense. You, you didn't I, drown. I you just I didn't saw, learn. I saw a ghost yeah. again or something, maybe. Yeah, to be fair, that could have been around the ghost time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, Sofian. Sofian. Having spoken to Tenzin previously about learning that spell is going to take a little bit of time uh, with Tenzin sort of learning a bit more about Buddhism and is going to attempt to improve his law Buddhism. And he rolled a regular success and improved that by eight points. Amazing. Then, having travelled the world and not, not learned any of the languages of the uh, places that he's going into, he's going to try and learn some Tibetan. All right. And with a regular success, that is 11 points of Tibetan. 11 okay. points. So almost, yeah, almost better than his uh, Chinese that he has already. Wow, you're ready to communicate with the Tibetan people. Uh, yeah. Amazing. New linguist. <laughs> okay. Yeah, as you enter Tibet, that's where we're going to end today's episode. 
Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Hal, Lydia, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash stars right, where you get access to episodes a week early. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our Cold Elder and Avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsarai.com. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again.